0: Hi, and welcome back to Sten Partners for Life. This is Nathan Cole.
1: This is Akiko Taramoto.
0: And we've got auditions on the brain today. I mean, as we often do, I guess. It seems like there's auditions year-round that we're somehow involved in. But this one... Of course, most intimately, because it is the L.A. Phil, and we've got a violin audition coming up in about a week and a half for, uh, how many is it, three spots this time?
1: Yeah, actually, less than that. I think it's Less than three spots? Or No, no, less than a week and a half. I think it starts sooner.
0: You may be right. Yeah. Although I don't think I'm... Well, anyway, I'm on the committee this time, and you are not. Nope. So, um, I haven't been hearing any candidates for... A little while, um, but you, in fact, have been teaching some audition lessons since you're not on the committee. And yeah, and I, I don't
1: normally teach, so it's sort of been an interesting experience for me to 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 do it again.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear about that because yeah, for a while you really, I mean, when people ask, you always say you don't teach, even though that's not really true.
1: No, I don't teach. <laughs> Because I'm a terrible teacher.
0: Nevertheless, you have been teaching. Uh, or are you going to well, hand back the money different. then for the lessons you've taught in the last?
1: <clears throat> I do try to warn people <laughs> that I'm I'm bad before we start, so you know I don't feel ripped off. Um, I'm not someone who's great at correcting general technique issues. I think so. It, to me, if you if you can't do that, then why teach? You know, and that's so. But I, I think for an audition, I don't mind imparting some of my hard one <laughs> wisdom whatever there is and um you know and i think that's it can be a separate thing from fixing overall problems because when, when you're taking an audition obviously you're very focused on the task at hand and um
0: or at least you should be
1: yeah and it's to me it's much less about it's not really the time to fix your playing
0: well and not every teacher has to do everything right i mean not every teacher has to be interested in fixing every technical problem and um has to have the necessary experience uh hearing auditions and letting people know what it takes to win them
1: i think it can be a separate thing yeah you know so so i don't don't mind i think i'm slightly less unacceptable as as (laughs) <laughs> as an excerpt coach, than I socially am socially unacceptable. You know, than I am as a general teacher. I, I think that if someone were to study with me for a year, they would find that they made very little to negative progress. So.
0: <laughs> that's that's quite a tagline. Yes, so very if you, little to negative. If you were placing an ad that would. Okay, well, that's what today is going to be about. It's mostly about what you you as a now a we're going to call you a re- recently reborn teacher. Uh, what your thoughts are on winning this thing. Um, yeah, I guess
1: some last sort of last minute advice thoughts, right? Stream of consciousness.
0: And just before we get to that, see, don't worry, this isn't exactly going to be an ad because I read this podcast really isn't brought to you by anything, um, except our desire to talk about the orchestra life and, uh, it's associated peripheral issues. But just, uh, if you do feel like, supporting stand partners for life, or even just getting a cool t-shirt. Um, you may or may not know that we now have t-shirts, guys and girls t-shirts, or at least a crew neck and racerback styles. Um, go to stand partners for life slash, sh- sorry, stand partners for com slash shirts, it's shirt plural. If you're, uh, into the brevity thing, then SP four L.com slash shirts. And you can check them out, order them. We've already had several people uh, let me know that that they've gotten their his and hers or couples or whatever t-shirts. Well, you know, it's stand Partners for Life. So it's a lot like of people for, like, want... Maybe
1: some bizarre universe, we're going to run into somebody wearing a t-shirt these days. That
0: would be awesome. That would be a red letter day for me. Yeah, well, we haven't that's,
1: sold enough that that's pretty, particularly likely. So.
0: <laughs> no, we haven't yet. This is not not a big money-making yeah, scheme. Uh, it would take money quite, a, scheme. quite
1: a coincidence in the universe to bring us together with one of those people but yeah well
0: i'm asking those who have already gotten their stand partners t-shirts to take a picture and you know let us see let us see you in the see how you style stand your, partner uh, stand
1: for life t-shirt
0: yeah um i think they're fun you i mean and you already told me you you really like wearing yours so mm-hmm. um yeah check them out stand partners slash shirts and the shirts aren't bringing you the podcast, that's for sure. And that's strictly me and you and, and our guests. We actually haven't had a guest for a while, at least since I was in the uh, Fish Off and talking All to right. tons of people.
1: It's time. It's time for us to have some fresh meat.
0: Yeah, well, it was interesting. I did just today, um, you know, have our friend and colleague, Bob DeMaine, our principal cellist in the orchestra. He came in and guest taught um, my virtuoso master course studio sessions today um I wanted him to come in and do that so that I wasn't hearing the people uh, just about to take the audition and he did a great job and I was yeah many of the things he said I'll actually mention one of them later on but many of the things he said were new for my years so I really enjoyed watching him teach for for a spell and well um, I played
1: for him for right. one audition yeah and he was very helpful very detailed and um very specific yeah
0: And I know he wants to be on the podcast, actually, so Ah. we'll get him over here and let's call him right now, actually. What's he doing?
1: Let's get him on the phone.
0: No, we don't do any phone (laughs) podcasts here. So, yeah, I guess, first of all, start with how is it to suddenly teach a bunch of lessons in a short span of time? And, you know, having not taught at least the way you tell it in the last um, 15 years so much
1: you know, what's it like to start teaching again? Yeah, um, again not to teach I, and
0: then to teach a lot in a short span of time.
1: Again, I, this is something I'm much more comfortable with. There's a, a you know, and I think it's because I'm comfortable, not you know as comfortable as you can be um, preparing excerpts.
0: Personally, you mean yourself?
1: I, yeah. I, I, I think maybe my comfort with teaching those excerpts is sort of proportional to my comfort in preparing an audition, you know? It's something that I, I wish was different, but I, you know, I'd, I'd rather prepare an audition, as you know, than prepare a recital, which is horrible. Like, you know, there it is. I said it, you know, it's out there now, but... Um,
0: <laughs> Why do you think that is?
1: I think I've talked about this before. It's, in, you know, recitals, like, you really have to present, like, a, a totally finished garment to the, you know, you just, <laughs> so I feel like when you're doing excerpts, there can be little holes, it's here and there, you know, you you're so aware that you're presenting... The face of something to someone when you're doing a recital. There's really it's nowhere hide. It's like a
0: Potemkin village or something. Just trot the people past the fake storefronts. Kind and...
1: of, you know. If you don't finish this building, you can sort of, you know, it's like being on a studio set. You can <laughs> just build the facade. In some cases, yeah, it sounds worse than it is. I mean, you're you're trying to present the most complete picture of yourself that you can, but in the end, it's a picture. You know, you're not you're not going to play for an hour by yourself or two hours by yourself. Right. You know, and there are things that will get heard and there's some things that won't get heard. I mean, and that's sort of where I believe luck plays into an audition. Um, You
0: mean what gets asked?
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, I hate when people say you're lucky because I don't, I don't really believe that you can be lucky and win an audition, but I think there is luck, you know, there's, you can have a weak spot or something. It just wouldn't work that day for whatever reason, you know, you're not, and it doesn't get asked, and you that's true. feel like you you got away with it, you know.
0: Well, I listen sometimes now to that podcast, "How I Built This," with Guy Raz, and you've heard a couple of them where he, he gets people who started businesses on there. But he always asks um, the last question. He asks every one of them, and there's always some like inspirational music, guitar music, or something that <laughs> comes on right before he asks this question. He asks in the same way: What? percentage of your success do you think is due to, you know, your hard work and knowledge and skills? And what percentage due to luck? I feel like we should ask every audition winner that.
1: Yeah. And of course, you know, your, whatever your perception of it is, it's going to shape. Well, most but... of the
0: business people say, you know, they're always like either 50-50 or 60-40 or something. And, you know, I, I think sometimes they maybe they're being modest, but most of them go on to explain why or actually they they have already explained why in the course of the episode you know they did get lucky in a number of ways but they were they were ready to pounce on the opportunities too sure
1: i mean i think of my friend i, I hesitate to use her name because she's out there somewhere i haven't talked to her since we were like 15 but i don't have somebody who knows her or knows someone who knows her and <laughs> repeat this or this this friend of mine right, asked User
0: initials. <laughs> we'll
1: call her. Um, yeah, so she, I think I told you about this. She said she's not going to, she decided she wasn't going to practice anymore because she said whether or not you hit the notes is all luck. And then, uh, and interesting then Noah, perspective. Noah said, I remember Noah Kagama was around that summer and she said that to him and he said, Yeah, the odds are a lot better if you practice.
0: Uh, nice.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Who knew he'd go on to that? Yeah, I mean, you and, know. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's
1: hilarious to think of how you know how our paths have crossed over the years.
0: Well, yeah. So check out Noah's site, the dot <coughs> com, if you haven't. I mean, Noah, as many of our listeners know, is someone you've worked with on an individual basis and really knows this stuff on the mental game.
1: Yeah, because you know, for me especially, it's a big deal to try to work on the the psychology. But um, you know, so back to <clears throat> the teaching yeah because i i think for me it boils down to to being able to think less globally about your playing
0: does that make sense and i i think well not to get caught up in some far-reaching problem that you think you have
1: yeah you know i i think it's so exhausting and i do it all the time i'm always thinking of not just my playing it's all my problems like what are my problems you know like i've got this problem this problem
0: you mean like life problems just
1: everything you know it's just my personality (laughs) i think i'm always trying to find some trend you know some horrible of course i can't downward spiral that i'm always
0: obsessed with
1: (laughs) but so you know auditions are so refreshing for me because you get to just think about the page or music you know it literally you know and the best audition i think the the easiest ones are the ones where um or it is excerpts. You know, it's hard. Like, I know Boston Symphony, some other places, they'll just say, you know, Brahms Third Symphony. And you're like, oh, all of Brahms Third Symphony. Like, uh-huh. no, that's not the only. And there's like several entire symphonies. And so you don't really get to to do this as much. But it's still, you know, it's contained. It's like a book of music, you know. And especially when that's, I think you talk about the importance of making your book of, of excerpts for an audition.
0: Your physical book, yeah.
1: And, you know, what's great about that is, you get to look at that binder or whatever, and you just go, "This is it. This is all I need to do for the next eight weeks or whatever." I just, this is my life. This this book of excerpts. I don't yeah. want to
0: cut you off on that train of thought. Um,
1: I got so much material in I anything. Mean. Oh well, I'm kidding. I, I'm, <laughs> That's it. That's all the material I <laughs> have.
0: I'm curious, and th- this may be too big a topic for the moment, but since that is the process, really, you know, you get a list of assigned music, you make a book, and you prepare it for a certain day or time. You know, I, I often hear people say, Oh, the auditions really nothing like the job. And maybe this isn't the best way to hire people. And, and maybe it's not, I don't know, but it is funny how closely that does relate to the actual job where you, you know, we have a folder of music for a certain week and, you know, r- regardless of whether you're going to work on <laughs> your general playing or not, it is your assignment to prepare that music for a certain day and time.
1: That's true. Although, I think we more often think the opposite. I think we often think of how different the audition is from the job. Well, we want a definite weakness.
0: That may be relevant to what we're talking about today. Um, yeah. So, how do you?
1: Well, I think because not well, um, because I, I think an audition. Is so. Um, I'm not sure if "proscribed" is the right word, but it's. It really is. There, there are such definite borders to the content of an audition. Um, I, I think that it can be surprising how inflexible someone, a a person, is performing the job than they were at the audition, or that that inflexibility is not something that shows up in an audition because it almost rewards some types of inflexibility
0: i see so maybe preparing the week's music is like preparing an audition but then actually doing the job involves because a lot you more know there's only some.
1: it's almost it sounds like an excuse for laziness but i get they get a part from the library and i can't you know it's almost like it's not really worth working on for hours at home before the the, the actual um rehearsal and you know what i'm talking about it's like not just tempo it's how audible it is it's like the strokes that, you know, they may change. And there's so many things that will happen very quickly once the week starts, regardless of whether or not. I mean, obviously, it's better if you know your notes and you'll be more prepared. But right. um, there are a lot of things that will change. Some things you can't hear at all, some things you'll hear way more. I think one of the surprising things is how much more terrible something very quiet will sound. Right. Um, so you look at your part, you're like, oh, this is Mark Piano. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear that. And then you get to to the rehearsal and you're like, that's actually the most exposed thing in this entire part. You know, this fortissimo thing, you can't hear at all. There's like, you know, brass blaring over it. Right. So it's not like you didn't look at that software. Maybe you didn't, but, you know, I mean, it it, I would say it is probably impossible to have every single note of every piece covered at every single rehearsal. Um, And it's not a sight reading issue. I don't think that sight reading testing someone's sight reading, I don't think that exposes that. I just... I, no, you know, it's I've hard. never I seen the point of that. I it, it, it think it's the type of player that you are, and I think that auditions... Some people become good, quote-unquote, good at auditions in a way that can obscure some of their tendencies in a bad way, so that uh-huh. when they're actually doing the job, they reveal themselves to be a different player than, than, than they did during the audition.
0: Right, because the audition doesn't necessarily test the instincts. No. And the ability yeah, and to and because
1: it's not and I guess I'm, you know, I'm biased because I'm thinking of an, a violin audition where the playing will be with a bunch of people. It'll be a section situation. Your ability to to your instincts. If you have bad instincts, you know, what's going to hold you together with these 15 other people?
0: Right. So if those are things that aren't really tested in the audition what are the important things um, what stands out to you now having heard quite a number of people in these late stages of preparation for this audition I mean how, what shows that somebody's in the right mental space um, what shows you that they're ready to win versus someone who you know is a good player but they, they're just they're not quite ready to win well, we're I mean, talking certainly, about a week left or two weeks left maybe
1: certainly anyone of course i'm probably just talking about a great player in general but <clears throat> anyone who's anyone who's able to um to do something as soon as you ask make changes of course you know it's a great sign
0: and is that because that will happen in the audition or may happen or it just reveals something i think about- it
1: reveals that they have you know because i've always said this i think um Like your ear is the very most important thing for sure as a player, but, um, in an audition, definitely if you, if you are able to, to self-correct, you know, because I mean, you can tell someone this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed, but in the end it needs to be something that they, you can tell them this is a tendency and they go, yeah, I can hear that. And they change it.
0: Okay. So not so much expecting that in the audition they would be asked to do no, it differently. Because they don't
1: you know, as you know, that doesn't often happen. I right. mean people are asked to change things, but that really is only a situation where maybe something didn't go exactly you know, the committee can tell that that's a great player who maybe didn't this one measure didn't go the way they wanted and, and the committee wants to see if they can do it again or you know, but most often you're not gonna get the chance to demonstrate flexibility.
0: But you feel like in a lesson, if you can ask somebody to make a real change and they can do it right away, that just shows something about the way they work or the, their, yeah, their I, awareness. It's like how
1: their ear and their brain works or something.
0: You know? Yeah. No, I, I also take that as a good Of course, it's a an good important sign, I mean, obviously, sign.
1: but um, I think it's an important marker.
0: And what else? I mean, what, when you've been listening recently, you know, what shows you that somebody's ready or. And I think, I mean, every, everybody knows. Clearly, I mean if, if some if someone sounds like they just don't know a selection, I mean that's <laughs> that's not a good sign at this stage in the game. So I, I think we're talking about more more subtle markers, maybe, right?
1: Sure. I mean I mean someone who's able to perform a variety of different strokes on off, long, short. I think probably the biggest thing that I've run across is, you know, and I maybe this says way more about my playing. I find that people are very afraid to play out. And I think that in the auditions I've sat in, a lot of times I encounter players who cannot play loudly and with the right pulse, loudly and with great rhythm, I think and good character. This somehow the volume always suffers. Like They always have to play softer than I would want to hear. And I'm thinking of, you know, Brahms, a lot of Brahms excerpts that um yeah. that require good bow pressure over a relatively large amount of bow um while maintaining extremely strict rhythmic pulse which i mean i maybe that's just redundant i think every one of these excerpts requires a strong pulse but um Brahms you know is there's a very powerful pulse to it very strong beats and um and i think everyone's extremely you know people are very familiar with those excerpts but the, and so the more, yeah, the more familiar the committee is with the excerpt, the the more you have to just be so careful about not rushing, slowing down, that kind of thing. Um, but also just like th- playing the the pulse related to the character. And that's something that I, I find to be really rare. You know, I, I think that people get by without doing it because it's so rare. But um, but I wish that it wasn't wasn't. So rare, you know, I, Strauss, Don Juan, um, and Brahms symphonies, I think is the two biggest composers where I, I am least satisfied with what I hear most of the time.
0: Now, do you think that, that those tendencies, that that's something that crops up because it's an audition and people are nervous, or do you feel like that is probably just a feature or a, a non-feature of their playing overall?
1: I think that's a non-feature.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh- I think, that's I think that, you know, that...
1: your, your, your spiccato stroke can suffer from nerves for sure, in, yeah. you know, in a very understandable and excusable way. But to me, if you're, it almost, like, I almost take it personally when someone will not play <laughs> loudly <laughs> with the correct strokes. It's just, it's, it seems like it, it's, it's like a, a blind spot and they're playing.
0: You can pretty much be sure that they're not doing that in the practice room. I yeah, hear, that, that, that they have
1: never, and you know, you know, it's not that they're not doing it at that moment; that they just have yeah. never done it, and um, you know, unfortunately, it's that they I think people who, to my ear, do it properly are rare enough that it's not necessarily a requirement.
0: Well, and what? Why do you think that folks shy away from, you know, from the louder dynamics, or and you know, gravitate toward the middle? I mean, there's always a um, tendency, it, right? Well, to we talked about this, that we've heard the,
1: this word overplay a lot.
0: Well, how do, how do you hear it?
1: I hear people tell me they don't want to overplay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's as an excuse, not an excuse, as a, as the reason for not playing louder. And, you know, I, I have been personally accused of playing too loud. So, um, maybe I'm not the best person. Well, to... I mean, you may have
0: in the past, but you've also won a lot of major auditions. So. I mean, <laughs> there's obviously a, a balance there as there is with everything.
1: Yeah, I think I definitely err on the side of overplaying. So, you know, I'll I'll admit that, that, you know, if you ever see me in the concert, I probably look like I'm sawing my violin in half.
0: You don't sound like that. Hopefully no, I, I don't mean, sound first like of that, but in... you know,
1: I feel like <laughs> my, you know, my, you know, I I'm really going for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not holding back.
1: Like, why hold back? Why? You know?
0: Well, right. I mean... Th- and that's part of it too, right? I mean, I, in an audition, I'd love to see some, I, I want to see someone demonstrate that they have control over, you know, the the dynamics and that they have the whole range, but also I'd love to somehow get an indication that someone's got some spirit too. And maybe, you know, maybe if you're out there taking auditions now, you feel like that's asking the impossible. It's like, well, what do you, do you want it to be controlled or, or do you not? But I think you can show the spirit through, play, you know, playing at a really healthy volume and with great articulation and direction and, the, you know, the quality, the tone and the vibrato and all that.
1: This is where the recording comes into play. and I mean, I think I was surprised. And even, you know, I would listen to myself rec- playing like the beginning of Bartok's second concerto, you know, which was is my concerto, whereas for a lot of auditions. It's
0: true. You own it
1: no because you know I would play it for people like you and Bob and you know and, and people would say to me like you know it sounds pretty much the same all the way through the first page and I was like what like, no it doesn't you know I could I've worked so hard on this you know I, I've got an ear I can hear it. and then you know even I'd listen to the recordings I'd make No, a nose, you know you know I think it was easy for me to to err on the sort of pushing you know and not not having enough variety and I think I think the comment you would often make was there's just there's not enough variety in the sound it was just just very loud and in your face from the from the get-go you know so you know I mean I needed I need sometimes I need some outside feedback for that
0: well I'm not remembering your bar talk that way but I do I mean
1: I think what you know my breakthrough was when I realized I had to take a little off of it you know it was just like too you know I think you used the word hot like right from the beginning it was just too much hot hot! hot. It, was, it was too much and I get it. it's like nobody wants to you know be assaulted by somebody's like you know <laughs> nerves playing. like when I get nervous, I just you know I just, uh, just go for it too much well, you know? and I just
0: me too unless I'm
1: just some people's instinct is to back off, you know, but not me. I just you know, <laughs> it was like a dog with a steak so <laughs> you know, but I, but I needed to be told that for sure
0: it's strange to play a solo concerto with no accompaniment, you know, as a, as a violin soloist. And, you know, I don't usually advise people to play differently in an audition than they would in the section or on the concert stage, but especially, you know, the first impression that you're going to make to the committee, which is likely going to be that solo concerto without accompaniment. um, Are there any considerations you would, you know, for example, as you've been hearing people, in these lessons when they play their concertos for you, what do you, are there consistent things that you miss or you wish you got more of or less of?
1: In general, I feel like they are not, I think they're very cautious. I think that would be my overall passion. I'm thinking about it since I've listened to now. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, do they seem like I really great they, players that are just no. playing it down or, or they just, <laughs> they give the impression of being just kind of middle of the road.
1: I think that they're not taking. I think it's a missed opportunity for most people. I think that they are not thinking of themselves as the soloist in front of an orchestra. And you know, and I, when I played my concertos when I was re-auditioning here, you know, I'd play for people, and they'd be like, "When was the last time you played this with piano? Or when was the last time you played this? Right. You know, you, when was the last time you thought about this? You know, with the orchestra with the two D accompaniment?" And I was just busted. I was like, "Yeah, I, I haven't played it with piano. Like, I don't." <laughs> You know, and it was so obvious, like the time I was, I was putting in weird time, you know, in strange places. And I hear that a lot. And I think it's a really easy trap to fall into because you're spending so much time by yourself in that in the practice room. And then I really tried from then on to, to schedule some time with a pianist.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, because you really need to, you know, you'll be these, this person will be surprised at the strange things you're doing. And it'll be a red flag for you to be like, well, that's, that's a weird place to take time.
0: Well, and also I think people taking auditions should remember too, especially when we're talking about violin auditions and violin concertos. I mean, the orchestra that you're auditioning for, if it's a big orchestra, I mean, they will have played this piece probably sometime in the last season, every season, you know, and we have a horn audition or something and yeah, they're playing the Mozart horn concerto it's possible that I might not have played that for five seven years but if it's the Brahms violin concerto or a Mozart violin concerto I mean the orchestra's playing that every year so not only the violinists on the committee are going to know that piece and the orchestra part to that piece but the clarinetists and the you know the tympanist on the committee I mean they're yeah. all going to know
1: although I'm still surprised at the very familiar pieces that you know, I mean, they're familiar to everybody, but like, say Mel- Mendelssohn's Scherzo. So, I mean, everybody knows that. And everyone knows how it goes. But you know, knowing how knowing how it goes doesn't mean like you're attuned to the dynamics. And you know, and I find that people played very loud.
0: So you're talking about the candidates, even?
1: No, no, no. I'm talking about the committee. So the uh. candidates playing it, and it's it's basically sounds like mezzo forte, you know. And <laughs> candidates, are, I mean, the committee's thing. They're going, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm like, okay, yeah, because because they're not playing at the correct dynamic. And it's way easier, like way easier, to play it loud, right? Or with no, you know, no dynamic <laughs> drops. Or like, sure, if you don't want to hear this change from, you know, mezzo piano to pianissimo, then fine, like, so, fine, I, you do what you want.
0: Is <laughs> that a hint to all the people out there? <laughs> play it a little louder. Mm-hmm. Don't make any of the dynamic you know, changes. I you can that. impress. It's
1: like, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to kill yourself playing it so quietly sometimes. Because sure, it's marked pianissimo, but nobody knows that, you know. And I've seen com- entire committees just breeze by that they just don't care you know i'm not saying i'm not condoning it but it's and this is where i think taking an audition is very different from from real life in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you've done yeah that helps to know what you can get away with
0: well look this is really interesting i, I think um many people would love these specifics i mean so for that mental and scared so if the dynamic isn't in a Tchaikovsky
1: maker. Hamlet <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. here's the hint nobody knows that excerpt so you can play it any way you want
0: and that's probably true <laughs> um, for the Mendels in which supposedly everyone knows what is an example of something that nobody can get away with
1: you mean something at
0: well like, if you're, if like, you're, like at
1: the audition even someone who's not a string player will balk at right unevenness I think yeah um, I was gonna say rushing <laughs> rushing not good I think um any i think you know so i had this i had this boyfriend who was a low brass what, player you had a
0: boyfriend before well, tell me about this here yeah
1: spoiler <laughs> alert I, I dated people before you um and i, I remember playing um mendelssohn scherzo for him he just he i don't he didn't know it at all he just said I, it sounds it's, i don't hear a lot of pitches which <laughs> sounds pretty, I hear a lot of noise and i was like okay that's probably a really useful comment you know i was making a lot of clicks not a lot of pitch yeah but i i think and even that i feel like as long as it's even honestly now i feel like it's okay if it's a little scratchy but yeah I mean, unevenness is, where's is is that guy gonna, now
0: I, just, living in the gutter oh no. hey
1: google it's uh, anyway <laughs> it's for another episode um yeah i think that unevenness and and playing you know the other thing is um picking too quick a tempo i think it's a common
0: right and is that problem. just for the sake of the tempo or
1: i think it's just slower than everybody thinks
0: but i mean if someone picks too quick a tempo are you, do it'll, you sound, it'll gonna... sound
1: nervous and frantic and yeah. nervous and frantic as i know from my failed edition attempts in various ar- orchestras nervous and panicked is probably one of their least favorite yeah. impressions that you can make
0: It's interesting you mentioned that. I just, someone this summer when I was uh, traveling to teach. um,
1: I should, oh wait, I should correct that. Nervous, as Mr. Dickero told me, nervous is okay. Panicked, not okay.
0: Okay, right. (laughs) Um, No, I, I heard someone this summer play one of the fastest and cleanest Schumann Scherzo's. I had ever heard.
1: Yeah, that sucks, right? Because I'm sure the fact that it was clean is amazing, but I think right off the bat you're just like kind of gripping your your seat, being like, you know, yeah, what's happening here?
0: That that is what I was doing in the beginning. I, <coughs> I you know, he started, and um, yeah, it was just like, this isn't going to work. Then and
1: yeah, and even when it sounds totally it, clean, you think you know, it doesn't leave a totally favorable impression. Right.
0: I told him I I said <coughs> this is going to sound weird, but actually you're just going to piss people off. You're going to make them mad. Like even
1: yeah I mean what's the best case scenario people go I yeah. can't I can't play it like that and I don't want to
0: yeah no I, I it's exactly what I said I was like uh, I'm sorry to tell you it's a little too um yeah it just it, yeah I, I think I used that exact phrase I said best case scenario <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't you know they give you the gold medal and but Noah
1: <laughs> would say like we should never start a sentence with this is what they'll be thinking you know it's it's starting from the respective of what the committee will think be thinking you know not not so helpful i guess
0: um i think if you don't have any clue what they're gonna think well, that, <laughs> and you start worrying true. about what they're gonna think that's fine <clears> but <throat> i think we can say that because we're, <laughs> we're on committees and true at least in this case i can say don't play the schumann scherzo at 144 or faster
1: isn't it marked 144 it's
0: marked 144 okay. but
1: just i <clears throat> <throat> see <just, clears throat>
0: Don't but do it. I mean, if you're bad. in like my garage with no reverb and you're going to decide that you're going to play it perfectly, then maybe you can get away with it. But still, I think you'll make people mad. <laughs> 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 anyway, just plan don't, on a don't, little bit slower. Don't be
1: a trigger for the committee's insecurities.
0: I, well, actually th- this happened once in Chicago. <laughs> I was teaching a lesson and, um, we are excellent colleague Blair Milton who was a very experienced is very experienced teacher um and a really fine player um i was teaching a lesson in a practice room and as we as i finished the lesson um i walked out and saw him walking out of the adjacent room and um so he didn't know that i had basically as part of this lesson i don't do this that much anymore but as part of this lesson, I had played the entire Mozart 39 fourth movement excerpt for the person, just to you know show him how it's how it should be done. That's Hey so, Blair. So when <laughs> when the lesson was done, the student had left, and I said, you know, Blair, uh, what do you? <sighs> what do you tell someone about Mozart 39, the last movement? And I was about to have a specific question about it. And he said, well, tell them not to play it that fast. I mean, who do they think they are? I mean, they just ran through that whole thing and it was way too fast. and sounded rushed. And it's just, uh, nobody's going to like that. I was like, Oh, oh okay. I'll, I'll make sure to tell them.
1: I'll, I'll make sure to tell them. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny because
1: um, Blair is the one who asked me when the last time I, was, I played the Mozart concerto with accompaniment. Yeah. And he was right yeah,
0: yeah i I learned It had
1: been like never so. quite a lot
0: yeah. sitting with him and i I should have asked him more questions. You no know, so this is another thing I should do, which <laughs> he's been doing for God, like twenty years now. he uh copies every or maybe I shouldn't reveal this, but for his own personal use he uh copies every piece that the orchestra plays, so that he has the chicago symphony boeings and and just has a copy of whatever. Piece it is. And so his library has to be enormous now and all bowed.
1: I'm not sure we have the organizational skills to keep up with that kind of,
0: I know, but nowadays all we'd have to do is just take a cell phone picture of every page. Okay. The computer will make it into a PDF and
1: I'll let you handle that.
0: I know. Well, I thought, you know, I've known how to do it for years and I just haven't done it, but kudos to Blair. He's got the massive library.
1: And I know he's got it like organized to a T.
0: Yeah, even that doesn't... I mean, all you have to do is put a title on it. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I think we hard. still have
1: stacks of music from like the Lexington Festival 2015. So when those get organized, I'll have more faith that... Uh,
0: no, I'm not saying I'm <laughs> The entire do it.
1: L.A. Phil Centennial season can be ours for <laughs> just a few clicks of a, of a cell phone camera.
0: Well, the L.A. Phil Centennial season consisted of about four pieces that we're going to play yeah. again. Well, that's another podcast. Fifty of them yeah. that... <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's probably a podcast for after we retire.
0: All right. We'll, we'll shelve that one. Well, good. Then let's move on to what someone can do in, in this last stage, you know, the last couple weeks before an audition to, um, and I guess, I guess we'll have to assume that they're, they're basically ready. Um, cause the, what's the Seinfeld where Elaine says, uh, I've got to be honest, you're more than a couple.
1: clicks away from a healthy relationship
0: yeah we've got to assume someone's at least within a a couple clicks of a a winning audition so what do they do What, what do you focus on what what changes if any do you look to make or is it all mindset
1: well yeah i mean you can talk about what you can't do i mean you don't want to make changes in boeing's basic stuff i mean maybe you know maybe a fingering here or there you can sort of tweak you know to to be a little better you know and i'm not saying you can't change boeings but sweeping changes definitely avoid and um let's talk about days leading up to the other i mean you know weeks i think you can work with some basic technique things almost still or you know playing stuff but i think in the days hours leading up depends how how much you have invested in this too i mean maybe you don't need to come up with a whole like schematic for what your life is going to be like afterwards. But, you know, I've taken auditions that were so like, <laughs> they weighed on me so heavily mentally that I had to come up with something that I was looking forward to after the audition.
0: You mean w- win or lose? Yeah. You mean yeah, just regardless
1: like of the outcome, just like something that would be martini mo- <laughs> longer term. I mean, in the short term. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I already talked about my post New York filled, trip down to you know the west village where i had you know a dozen oysters a hot fudge sundae and a glass of champagne i think people thought it was probably my last meal on earth or something (laughs) then i went out and bought some jewelry but anyway so you know so just you know and that was my short-term plan for just like getting over it and i still remember that felt pretty good
0: (coughs) so you're glad you took that audition
1: oh yeah it was great (laughs) (laughs) no it was horrible but um I just you know, just some kind of upside, I think. And of course if if you win, of course that's the upside. So I guess I'm talking basically about if if you lose. And I'm a very negative person, so I need I need to know that life will go on, you know.
0: Okay. So that's one one thing you can do in the
1: <laughs> you should know that my life will not end when this audition doesn't go my way. Okay. No, but I've you know, so what either maybe a trip or something small i mean i remember one of my friends saying no matter what happens you always have to buy yourself something after an audition maybe this speaks more to girls than than <laughs> women than men you know i think just something to remind you that it's just it's just an audition you know it's just it's not life or death
0: yeah and even in terms of your playing because that i think your message to yourself is not all right so even if i suck as a violinist life goes on no but you don't I mean, suck
1: as a violinist you're, right, well that, you you that's lost what I'm the audition saying. you don't suck yeah it's not right it's not an indictment of your i think that you have to remember that too it's not at all it's just it was 10 minutes maybe not even 10 minutes of your life you know right. who cares it's gone and who cares i mean obviously you cared but
0: right um, you care in the way that you prepare and the your outlook on on the whole thing but you're you remember that it is just one small part of one day And And it is easier for
1: some auditions than others to think that, you know. Sure. Um, Playing-wise, I think, what are the more useful thoughts that we've had going into an audition?
0: Well, I mean, for me, knowing... Because as you were saying, it's also a tendency of mine to want to push the sound when I get amped up. And so for me, I actually enjoy... Putting on a recording of someone who's playing, I like for mm-hmm. specific reasons. Someone who shows a lot of shape, a lot of variety in the dynamics and the sound. Mm-hmm. So, sure. like, uh, to have that in your ear. Yeah. Um, kind of to counteract um, what might be my default mode. So, you know, Zuckerman is someone who's playing, I love, and I would love to imitate he might not be the person I'd put on right before I go out on the stage, just because <laughs> it might <laughs> um, exacerbate certain things that I... That's
1: interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, you
1: don't want to listen to someone who's going to enhance, like, who's, yeah, like, imitating them is just going to enhance some
0: yeah now if i mean negative. if i felt super if his recordings made me feel super relaxed and confident <laughs> then i think that would trump everything else and that would be great i just um usually when i listen to him i you know my heart races a little bit anyway and it's just it's not what i need right before i go out on the stage so you You ask for thoughts, and I guess yeah the the thoughts and the the sounds that I want to have in my head are are um ones that will help me remember that projection is not you know the main thing that I need to focus on now that's for me but mm-hmm. you, you know you've also mentioned a tendency of many people not to use the whole
1: spectrum. yeah for me like the, the you higher
0: know, range of dynamics it's so, less
1: helpful I think right before I go out it's less helpful for me to think of um specific playing things. I think it's more like the, you know, trying to infuse yourself with just the visceral confidence.
0: So now, I mean, we're talking like the moment of basically, right? I mean, we can always back up from there and talk about the days leading up to.
1: Sure. Okay. So the days leading up. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking about, sure. There's still time to think about the impression sound wise you want to make in the committee, toning down your, your less desirable traits. And (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean... I, it's like
0: getting dressed for the, the club.
1: I mean, I hate to keep making the clothing analogy, but there is something about that. You know, you're just... You're trying in different outfits. You're going, you know what? You no, know, I'm feeling a little bloated. Maybe, you know, the skin tight mini dress isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know... No, you it's just, a, it's
0: absolutely true.
1: Yeah, you know, in a certain way. Sure, to a, to a certain point. Um,
0: well, I mean, even to the specific... Like, let's say it's the week before and so-and-so's been working on their spiccato a lot because they've never been happy with it and it's just not settling they don't have the really springy off the string stroke that they've always wanted yeah they do have a fallback that's not so off the string but it's really even
1: and you really think people have that kind of versatility
0: uh, well I've seen it where they have a one comfortable stroke that's not very off the string but it works well enough
1: I mean, so the problem is just their brain. Like, they don't know that's fine. I mean, that just seems weird.
0: I mean, I'm not saying it's <laughs> ideal, but it's no, fine. it's not that it's
1: not ideal. It's like I do that all the time. Like, I, I think you have to ha- you have to have the mental wherewithal to go. That's that's fine, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that that's yeah, that's the message. Yes. So part of it is that they don't they don't know that it's good enough. They know that it's not the best. Oh, it's it like could the be. Hidden
1: Valley Ranch syndrome. Wait, what's that? Or it's like this whole thing with the hit, Hidden Valley Ranch salad dressings. Yeah. And they couldn't make them shelf stable with the formula they wanted, the recipe, I suppose. Oh, okay. And so they kept, they're just killing themselves. And finally they realized that the public had not tasted the really good version of the recipe. <laughs> and they wouldn't know the difference if they just made it more shelf stable and just made it not taste quite as good. Right. Um, so that, that was like a breakthrough for them. They just released the other one. I don't know. <laughs> like a <head> or whatever <laughs> so every time we talk it's like yeah hidden valley riot syndrome
0: well yeah i mean so that's that's an example of something where yeah anyway this all came from your bloated person trying on the skin tight dress like if it's just <laughs> if it's not going to work that week then you've got to go to something else the moo moo or whatever
1: i mean i joke about that i can't actually think how that works practically.
0: Well, I think that that that's why I came up with. The I just example. think if you I, have
1: that kind of flexibility,
0: you you are a great player. No, no, no. But I, I'm talking about I'm I've taught people, many people.
1: So I think I'm more like, wondering what the tips are that you can give somebody, just just to get them in the right mindset, you know? Or what are what are the things that we've thought, hours before or minutes before?
0: Well, I do believe that if there are any excerpts that. <laughs> you are feeling um let's say not so confident about your interpretation about the direction of something i think you just have to <laughs> choose something and play it in a super sure way for example you know you're waffling between oh should i crescendo into this or should i dim the look you're giving me is priceless.
1: We're really different we're really different players. well you
0: asked me what the
1: Crishano or Dim, this is what you're worrying about before? The uh,
0: these are the questions that I get when I teach people a week okay. before an audition. Yeah, but you
1: personally, like what
0: Well no so so for myself also, I recognize that tendency in myself at times where I'm not fully committed to a sound. Or does that you know, I'm worried about what Yeah, I'm worried about what a committee might think or I now that's not for every selection but i can re- i can okay. feel the ones that aren't I, I see what you mean settling versus the ones where it's like i know exactly what i'm gonna do and i have well, no I have, two, I have two different
1: kinds of problems right there's that that you're talking about it's like an indecisiveness in the in the phrasing which has happened like i'm thinking maybe like some of the Bach solo excerpts you know from the masses or the you know saint matthew passion, saint matthew passion. okay um i could see that because Bach is, is so transparent, you know, I have had a, a lot of trouble deciding where I was going to... How I was going to phrase it, so...
0: Right, and you know, in the end, that never really works. Like, you have to... You have to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, Which but then I'll play and... for somebody,
1: and I think I believe in it, and they're like, why are you doing this? You know, so, that, <laughs> sure, that's a problem with that. I think more often I find myself in the days before an audition, you know, freaking out because something just isn't consistently working technique wise, you
0: know? Right. I um, mean,
1: I, I believe that you probably have this problem a lot less than, than most people, but I, you know, I, and I can think of La Mer. That's one that's never felt great leading up to an audition. Um, well,
0: I think in those cases, I, I have to try to insist with myself to simplify, you know, if it's a shift that just isn't happening. Um, if I'm smart, I'll say, look, I will, practice this type of shift (laughs) like after this audition is over but for now I'm going to change the fingering to something that I know because a lot of times they're Hmm. and this crops up when I teach people too um and it's always easier for me the outside observer to say you know they're doing some fingering and they're stressing out about it and it's a week before the audition and I'll say have you ever you know played this in first position no can you just do it now And they do it and it's perfectly in tune i'm like can you please just do that in the audition because <laughs> like it, being in tune is the most important thing right. right there and yet when it comes to me you know i'm stubborn i want to be better, but i should be able to do that shift you know i should no, and you know i'm not you have right to let to, go
1: you know you know me i'm very like play the percentages when well I come that's smart
0: that. i mean but but you asked me so there might be other people like me
1: I don't think there's a fix for that I think it's just a problem and there's no you know
0: okay so you're talking about if you asked
1: me to play La Mer right now it would sound well of course it would sound terrible but I mean (laughs) if you asked me to play it two weeks from now I think it would still sound terrible I
0: just don't you know there's but what technically isn't working also in
1: like the very beginning shift you know I'm, I'm talking about the one that starts with the G sharp trill
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I've never been able to get the transition from that trill to the 16th notes, two measures later, clean. And it's become such a huge thing in my head that, like, you know, all I can hear is, like, this huge bump at, the, you know, that point. And then, and then the rest of the very beginning of the excerpt. The rest of it just seems screwed to me, like, you know. It, wow,
0: that is so, I, I don't think I've ever noticed the way someone transitioned from the trill to the 16th notes. I, yeah, and
1: yeah. not just the transition, but then that, just that measure, the you know crossing over to the a string in the high position it's just everything about it it's like so uncomfortable and
0: yeah i guess i just I never found
1: have... a solution to that it's just you know i mean in orchestra of course it sounds fine but an audition like it just is, it's it's screwed with me a lot
0: yeah i guess uh huh, i mean so few people could do that smoothly anyway and maybe and you I know maybe, maybe the lesson anyway, of anyway, life
1: but... is the hidden valley ranch thing maybe i got so hung up on it <laughs> and it's like
0: well the from the way doesn't... you tell it clearly that's true i mean because that's uh, yeah it's the beginning of the excerpt but it really doesn't seem to matter that much to me so well, you know and if that's the, affecting that lesson, the rest of it the... like
1: if i played the rest of that excerpt amazingly no one would care about that you know looking back on it from my perspective it's like yeah if if i could just accept that it's not going to sound amazing and that's part of the lesson of auditions that I mean, I think everybody knows it. It's just, it's so hard to execute in the moment. Just doing something that you're hyper self-conscious about that you feel it did not go the right way. And to move on from it is the hardest thing to do in audition and the most important too. Because if nobody cares, you know, I, I tell everybody this, it's like nobody cares about individual events in an audition. Right. You know, you can miss huge things. You can, but people don't want to hear that have the ripple effect. Right. You know, they don't want that to affect your pulse. They don't want you to start rushing because they can tell you're panicking. That's the worst thing you can do is, you know, miss a shift and then start panicking. If you miss a shift and then nothing else changes, people will not even remember that you missed that shift in a lot of cases. Or if they do, they just, you know, everybody misses shifts. And I think committees are very sympathetic to mm-hmm. to mistakes, you know, but they're not. <laughs> what they're not receptive to is tendencies. Right. You know, they notice repeatedly someone takes extra time to cross a string or um, that they seem very sluggish, you know, shifting or, you know, that if that's or it's consistently flat or, you know, it's just the word consistent is not great when it comes to those things in audition. Like once per- a person hears it once, you know, they're on the scent. <laughs> yeah. And if they keep. Senting it then they'll say you know like this person is this kind of player and you you know once you can let yourself be pigeonholed then it's kind of it's
0: over right and those are the kind of things you're not gonna be able to i mean if that is a tendency you're not fixing it in the last few days before the audition anyway so you may as well forget about it and,
1: and just forget about it like what does that mean like it means you you know if you can't fix it in a few days you can't fix it
0: well really i mean if you're talking about shifting sure i mean you can fix it in a year six months or
1: with the right teacher
0: maybe. Sure. but in the days leading up to an audition maybe you know the thing is I mean you're talking about things that really are a big deal but there are things that maybe aren't such a big deal that people get in their heads yeah you know so I think those things you have to forget and you have to play comfortably
1: yeah I think the challenge is, is finding a way to to play comfortably in a situation that's that's pretty uncomfortable
0: and then for the next audition you know work on all those things you know make those long-term changes find the help that you need to do it
1: i mean i hate to think of the jerry seinfeld steve harvey scene from comedians and cars getting coffee <laughs> it's
0: an awesome show yeah yeah well,
1: uh, I like it, but
0: yeah, this is when Steve Harvey tells it he's he's been asked to teach a class in comedy at a at a college,
1: yeah, does he just show up at the class and tell them it's unteachable or something
0: yeah he <laughs> I think it's a one time thing where they hire him to come in and just teach one class, and his message to everyone is, you are never going to make it. Yeah, if you're like sitting here, it's already fact over. That you're here. <laughs> the
1: fact you're here means it's over. We Wait, try not, did... not to be quite that negative, but yeah.
0: how, is that, how does that relate to auditions?
1: <laughs> okay, so art on a parting note. Let's think. The last, it's a few minutes. It's a couple hours. Maybe we'll give you a couple hours before you're going to get out there. What, what's going to help? You need to keep fixating on this. I mean, there's.
0: No, for me, I my attitude is I'm one. You know, I'm I'm one of the group. I am. I have to believe that.
1: Oh, of the groups you're auditioning. For. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm one of these people, and, you know, whether they, you know, maybe they'll see it that way at the end of, five minutes or ten minutes, or maybe they won't. But I know that I'm, one of them. You know, I, I, I'm part of this, this group, this club, if you will. Because I think if you don't, if you actually don't believe that over the long term, then it's probably not an audition you're likely to win anyway. Hmm. I mean, people don't tend that to win That's a specific
1: by, thought. I mean, never, I know it's not one everybody has.
0: Well, but I think it's a mindset you need to cultivate. Well, right? sure. I mean, gonna, you have
1: to believe that you are on equal footing with these people. I, yeah. Yeah, I know
0: what you mean. So that that's that's a comforting thought to me. It's like, hey, wait, I don't okay. actually, you know, I'm not out to prove anything. I mean, they'll... If the people listening have open ears and if they're in the right place to hear what I have to do, then, then they'll hear that I'm one of the group and, you know, maybe things won't fall my way today. That's my thought. You you asked what I think about it a couple all right, of hours before. All
1: right. No, it's, you know, I think that you're a very overall, a very confident person. So.
0: Well, but some of this, I mean, it can be... I think you're allowed to have some false confidence in the couple hours no, before. No, you're absolutely
1: right. I mean, like, what, what good reality, quote-unquote reality, will not help you in this situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, and you have... Yeah, you know, what if you go in there going, you know what? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> like, I'm really reaching here. <laughs> yeah. I don't deserve I this. Maybe just
1: don't belong here.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, and you cultivate that mindset with the kind of preparation you do, too. So, it's not, it's not that you blow your way through... The prep period, and then show up and say, "I deserve this." Um, right. But I think if you've done the right kind of preparation, then then yeah, those are the thoughts that are going to help you go out there and and just do your thing.
1: You know, what? Are, who, who's that? Who's preaching the whole, the TED talks about the power pose?
0: But, oh, I I can't remember.
1: But you know, the whole thing going in the bathroom and you know raising your arms in a victory. And, you know, I, we laugh about that, but I think, you know, there's, there's something to just like a animal confidence. If you can just not even, it's not something you reason necessarily. I think it's just a feeling that if you can grab onto that, it'll help be sort of a mental armor against the situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if you can't visualize yourself finishing, let's say you, 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 you imagine yourself finishing the last selection in an audition. Could you visualize, <laughs> you know, a cheesy movie scene where the committee stands up and they start applauding and the conductor comes up and says, congratulations. It's you.
1: Yeah. No, I, I never got that far. I mean, I, you know, mentally. Well, I,
0: you're not saying you have to have done that, but if if you can't even, if you can't even start that process, then I think it's not likely
1: it's it's funny for me I
0: cannot you, you I've just never wouldn't want to tried, do that to I've, jinx it or something no right? I've,
1: yeah I don't know I've never found it useful I think anxiety creeps in for just getting to that point you know I'm like getting ahead of myself or something kind of my chickens before they hatched you know I'm a little bit like I just close my eyes and go in there and hope for the best I'm more of that school and um you know, to that end, I think sure, it would probably be helpful to be more mentally organized like you and just, you know, really thought through it a little bit more. But, um,
0: well, look, I've also done that for auditions where I wasn't, uh, let's say fully prepared. So I don't do it yeah. all the time, but
1: I think, um, yeah, I think you just have to go in feeling like, like a human battering, battering ram. You know, you're just going to go in. Yeah. You're just like, you're going to just, you're, you can't think about, anybody else who's playing and you can't think about the other people auditioning. Well, surely obviously, yeah. I think that's, that's the first step is separating yourself from the herd in your own mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, um, it is a herd and you will feel swept away if you don't. And it's happened to me, you know, where I, I was so somehow all I could think about was, um, that I was just a number out of many, you know, and, and somebody else talk, either talking to somebody right before or during well, the, the process, worst. it is the worst to happen. So you can't, you know, you can't really just shut yourself off. That doesn't help either. Where suddenly, I felt faceless, you know, nameless and faceless. And, um, that's the worst. I think, I think you have to really buffer yourself against that situation. Cause it, it can really happen. It can happen quickly where you just feel like you've just dissolved, you know? So that's one thing to watch out for. I think just make sure that you hang on to your, your, yourself, you know, your identity, yeah. what you think of yourself. We joke about, it. I've shown up at auditions and been completely intimidated by somebody tuning their instrument.
0: Literally oh, I know, yeah.
1: Tuning their instrument. I go, oh my God, this person <laughs> is going to just. <laughs> play circles around me because look at them they can tune their instrument you know i was hoping for some i was hoping for a field of bozos who you know came in (laughs) with like three strings on their violin (laughs) you know so you have to just go in assuming that everyone can tune their instrument so you're not surprised (laughs) i'm serious i think you know you have to you have to assume that everyone can play at a basic level and on top of that you go but they can't play that well most of these people cannot play very well at all. Well, that's the
0: reality. It is the reality. I mean,
1: and I tell people that it's like you, you go in and you think, and it's not mean, it's just true. It's like, like, I would say four fifths. Yeah. I always say 20% of these people are, are qualified to move on to the next round, not to get the job, even to just move on to the next round. Yeah. And when you walk in, you think it's more like 80%, you know, you're completely, you know, you're not the right mindset to, to have a realistic, you know, impression of the situation. So Anyway, so um, where was I with the whole
0: well, having your thing? your own I think what Don Green calls your armor, right? I mean, yeah. you're protecting your own space. Your mental space, your
1: Yeah, and I I think it yeah, like it, like I said in practical terms, just don't let yourself be intimidated into feeling powerless. You know, it's in it's really easy to do. And it, it will happen at some point because it's... I think if you can do the opposite of that, I think sometimes I've... I think the times I've been successful, I've had like a sudden a sudden conviction just from like basically out of nowhere. Like my college roommate who played varsity softball, like she had a tape, you know, she would play... It's not like I'm 90 years old. She didn't, you know, music. And she would play <laughs> before each game and she would religiously put this on, you know, like the night before or something. To give her like just an infusion it's not you know it's not even something you can reason but it's just like you just feel like you're ready to get out there and just beat the competition to a bloody pulp you know maybe
0: i should put on zuckerman right before i go out <laughs> that sounds like how that makes me feel <laughs> oh
1: but like you know like we will rock you i mean you see how like you know like the kids our kids respond to that you know yeah. that was on hillary's that was my you know my roommate's playlist and well, it sounds cheesy you, anything that gives you that feeling even if, yeah even if, if it's we'll, we will rock you or we are the champions just something that's just makes you feel good maybe it's not mm. necessarily related to classical music because we had some
0: audition rock anthems to be written i think
1: yeah again i think if we it doesn't will, make you think of playing the violin that's okay we will yeah. nail don juan no, I think that would make you more nervous. <laughs> I think that you need something that is just going to hit you on a totally non-verbal level, non-rational level.
0: For those of you, it, for a a very tongue-in-cheek and humorous look at all this, um, a couple of years ago, we were asked to co-write an article um, for a website, auditioncafe.com. And so I know it's out there. Um, choose your own audition. is uh, You remember having fun writing that. And um, yeah yeah we did it if you grew up with those choose your own adventure books we did it in the style of that so it starts with you know reading about the audition opening and then all the choices you can make leading up to the very moment of going on stage and even during during the audition all the choices and you after. can make and after yeah
1: ice cream sundae and martini
0: so um check that out just google choose your own audition and it'll come up and with uh yeah some nice artwork too so <laughs> um Maybe that's how we can end it. Go check that out, have a chuckle. Akiko wrote one path of it, and I wrote the other one. So,
1: I think the best thing you can do is get some good good sleep, which is the most annoying advice ever. Because who, <laughs> if you don't sleep well in general. You're not sleeping well the night before your audition. Trust me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you <laughs> if you are in general a good sleeper, then uh yeah, screw you. <laughs>
0: If you sleep great, then go ahead and do that also the night before the audition.
1: We'll someday do some study on how many auditions are won by great sleepers.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: 99%. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, for those of you taking that audition, best of luck to you. Don't tell me who you are and what day you're playing. Um, You can tell Akiko. And yeah, this will be, this will serve as uh hopefully good advice for whatever auditions you take and it's as you said hard won experience and uh yeah many disasters along the way so um thanks for joining us today and always and yep any interest in those uh shirts you want to rock that stand for <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> can't wait to come back with you next time and uh yeah all right we'll think about getting Bob Demain on here I liked what he had to say today, so get his take on the audition the audition game too alright, thanks for listening